driver killed two of the people you care the most for could you forgive them Cindy Griffiths did I had the pleasure of interviewing this strong angelic spiritual representation for God there's nothing else that I can say to describe this interview to you I enjoyed interviewing Cindy so much Season one, finale episode, episode 13 of That and It Live TV. Edutainment to help you become emotionally whole, emotionally healed, and emotionally healthy. Take a listen to Cindy. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Hey, Anita. I'm thank, good. Thank you very much for agreeing to do this interview with me today. I know it's been some time um, since your experience, but your story is still one of extraordinary resilience. Mm -hmm. um, just for those that don't know or aren't familiar, just give us a little background on your story and your testimony. Right. Well, um, in 1996, I'm going back a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a homeschooling mom of six kids, um, ages 13 down to three. Well, she wasn't it, but she was three. And um, my my parents were travel were going to take going on a trip, traveling by a car cross country to my brother's wedding. Um, we lived in New in New York, and the wedding was in Utah. They wanted to take my daughter, who was 11 which they did, and there was a fatal car crash along Interstate 80, which claimed the lives of my mom and my daughter, who was 11 at the time. So my dad survived, and uh, the woman who caused the accident survived. And um, that's when the first, that's when the bomb got dropped. And essentially because I wanted something good to come out of something that was just so, so horrific. And I knew the Lord since I was 16 years old. My Lord, what do we do now? You know, use this, use this for your glory. And the next thing I knew, I found myself writing to the woman who was responsible for the car accident and um, offering her forgiveness offering her the gospel and we became friends and that's kind of when the journey well it's not when the journey began but that's how it all began right yeah now like i said there, there was a lot of fanfare attention energy around it because of your ability to forgive and to look for something good to come out of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, even to the point of you being interviewed by Oprah, going through that experience and where you had to retell the story mm -hmm. over and over and over, you know, yeah. with the questions being asked. What was mm -hmm. that experience like? 
Well, no, the accident was um, no, uh, June 28th of 1996. The Oprah show was more than a year later. It was October of, two, excuse me, almost two years later. It was October of 98 that, uh, that we were on Oprah. And um, I had been at that point, I had been receiving invitations to come and talk about um, faith and forgiveness. So I had been going out and I was, I was kind of doing this anyway. And so when the whole Oprah thing happened, it was kind of in the midst of that, um, where, the beginnings of that. But, um, I mean, honestly, I just looked at it like this was, this was a big door, but this was another door that God was opening, that um, he, was, he was putting before me. And every time I go out and speak, before I spoke with you today, when I, I just have a few minutes quietly and reflect on what I'm about to do, um, and I did this then, I, I always go back to what happened on the road that day, you know, that, yeah, I, I forgave somebody and it was under extreme circumstances, so tension that came afterwards. Um, but to me, this, this, these opportunities were God being faithful to, and he was answering my prayer that he would use this for good. So these doors were opening, and it was just, on one hand, when the Oprah door opened, on one hand, it was like, wow, Oprah, like, that's huge. And then on the other hand, I'm like, there's nothing too hard for God. I mean, I wasn't praying that that particular door would open, but on the other hand, I'm like, you know what, this is just, this is God being faithful. This is God being God. I shouldn't be too surprised. So, you know, and that's um, kind of how, how that went. You know, so before that happened and after that, I was involved with speaking and sharing the story. Um, and I, I, I will do it because I, 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 I tell of all the hard parts and tears are never far from me when I do. Um, when I get into the details of what happened that day and, you know, this is my daughter I'm talking about and my mom. Um, but in telling the story, I get to tell then about the goodness of God and the grace of God and what Jesus has done for us. So if I have to kind of go through all that to get to the good parts, um, that's, you know, that's what I do. Okay, so let's, now let's get to the good parts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because how has this impacted your life to this point? Because usually, or in, in testimonies, when we talk about the wonderfulness and the awesomeness of God, it's usually a string of events or reactions, and yeah. it just gets better over time. You know, it, usually it begins with the darkest moment of our lives. Mm -hmm. And then as time goes on, we get to see more and more of his wonderfulness. Yeah. So in getting to the good part, walk right. me through that. Uh, yeah, well, um, you know, when you talk about a string, it's like, I mean, since I came to know the Lord, you know, I was 16 years old, so it was 20 years after I came to even know the Lord that this thing happened, this horrible tragedy happened. Um, but I think the string goes all the way back to when I first got saved, just loving the Lord, you know, seeing, knowing that I was loved and wanting to surrender my life to the Lord on a regular basis and, and um, digging, I look at it like, like digging a well 
and um, spending time with God. You know, the disciplines we we would utilize as as followers of Jesus, spending time with Him in the Word, spending time praying, trying to you know learn how to be obedient to the Word and to the Lord. And I think all of that is equivalent to what Jesus said: building our house on the rock. And if we build our house on the rock that is him and his words, he said, when the stuff, the storms and the garbage of life, we didn't say garbage, but that's me. Right. <laughs> we know what yeah. you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a big way, when it hits, then our houses will stand. So that to me is more of the miracle than like God opening up all these doors and stuff. But um, um, yeah, so a lot of doors have opened up as a result of this um, and and the result of that is I've had the privilege of, of uh, bringing a lot of people to the Lord which is the ultimate to me it's just it's very exciting and I'm sure there are people I don't even know about that come in here or maybe that read the book or you know come to where I'm speaking that I may never know about um, I've gotten feedback from people in person or from people in emails and so forth you know I couldn't forgive my ex-husband for 20 years and now I'm free um, because you've helped me to see forgiveness in a new light and and if you can forgive for what um, this woman did to you and your family then who am I to complain about something lesser like these are things I've heard you know and then I just my, my, my thing is and how could I not forgive when I look at what Jesus has done for us, what he has done for me. So, um, yeah, so I've had different opportunities to go out and speak. We were asked to write a book about it, which we did. It's called The Road to Forgiveness by Thomas Nelson Publishing. Um, there's a movie in that they're trying to get going, um, trying to get the funding going and stuff. You didn't know that, did you? No. Yeah, there's a movie. <laughs> Same title. The script is written. Um, some guys out in LA who are you know, this one guy Gil is Gil Brenton is a Christian. They're hoping for a, um, I think a shooting date of the fall of 2017. So yeah, it's the money that's the problem. So <laughs> getting all the money together. But um, so yeah, it's Investors. snowballing. Investors. That, that that sounds like something that would be right up the alley of a um, TD Jakes. Or an Oprah yeah, to to invest I, in in bring. I know. We've had um, a number of movies that have come out along those lines, and where he just did one with Jennifer Gardner, and then there. Was oh, the Heaven Can Wait one, I think. Yeah. And then there was um, with the little boy that had the experience. Heaven is for real. Yeah. So they're gaining momentum because at one time. Yeah. Yeah, Christian themes. and the Kendrick brothers. Right. Kendrick brothers have come out with a whole a host of movies that have been getting better and better. Right, good. Right, so yeah, so hopefully good. this is something that will will take off and the shooting date will yeah. launch right into a release date. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I know that I know that they don't want to construct it in a way that they're going to be preaching to the choir. They don't. I know they don't want this to be a movie that only Christians are going to come to. They want to reach the unchurched. And that's really where, that, I mean, that's, that's my passion, is that God would use this to show people that don't know 
Jesus, that don't know the truth about Jesus, to show them this is a small picture of the kind of love and forgiveness that God has for you. Because we're all guilty. We're all criminals in God's sight before we receive the blood of Christ. You know? In fact, a year before the car accident, I was on um, I was on a fast and I was just just asking the Lord, not for any particular prayer or for a person to be healed. This time it was just me saying, Lord, please, like begging the Lord, do something in my life so that people will will listen to what I have to say about you. Because I always felt very inept sharing my faith with people. And I would try and I would get frustrated. People would always say, oh, that's good for you. Glad that works for you. Right. And just felt like I never really saw results. And was, was seriously asking God, do something in my life. And then a year later was this car accident. And it was a few weeks after the accident that I thought about that time of fasting and prayer. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I think that the Spirit led me on that fast so that I would be prepared for what was going to happen, maybe. I mean, we don't really know all these things and how they play out. But, but I think I was prepared in a way for it. And then all these things that happened afterwards, um, I just keep relying on the Lord, you know, every time I go and I talk about it or whatever. But there's been some good fruit. And um, it, I, there's like a warrior cry in me, knowing that lives are being changed for the Lord as a result of this, that I can't even, I can't even describe, you know, it's because it's right alongside of the, the pain and the longing. It's, it, there's this, you know, yes, God. And, um, yeah, you know, the day is coming for all of us that love the Lord when we're going to see what God did through and because of the difficult things that we go through. Scripture says that. So there's going to be some uh, some really cool rejoicing in the future. <laughs> we get a little taste of that now. Is there one in particular, whether it was during a speaking engagement or an email that you received, is there one in particular that sticks out to you that has impacted uh, you? Well... Aside from the woman herself that came to Christ, the woman who caused the accident, that was like la creme de la creme for me at the moment, you know, way back then. That was before I was really going out and speaking. Um, ah, that's a tough one. I want to give you, I want to give you something, and I just feel like I, I've had some personal um, words of encouragement people have said to me that stuck with me, which I won't, I won't really share, but. Um, I would say really the times that I'm hearing that people have given their lives to the Lord. Um, yeah, I, you know, and yet, and yet to hear that somebody's life has been freed up when they were so bound in resentment and stuff, and now they're not, and they're they're offering grace to people in their lives. I mean, that's a really good thing. Too. So I guess I don't have one particular. I'm sorry. No, I guess it's just a bunch, you know. Because the relationship between you and the young lady, how did she respond to receiving your letter? Well, she tells me that she was in such a dark place at that time 
after having taken the lives of two people that she had a plan to take her own life. Um, and my letter came at just kind of the right time. And she said she just wept and wept for days. Um, she said to me, I know, she goes, now I know there's a God in heaven that loves me. If you can forgive me for what I have done to you, there has to be. Because nobody could do this without him. And I'm like, yep, that's right. That's right. I mean, it, it's amazing so. just listening to you. Because just listening to you, it's, a, it's almost, almost as if I can see like a brick pattern walkway of how God just lays out the good and the bad and how everything works together for the good of those that love him. How everything comes just in time like your letter was just in time for her right. and your meditation time and your fasting came just in time and gave you enough space to actually right. be prepared and ready yeah. to have that level of, of forgiveness yeah yeah you know what's to say how the, the the steps of the lord of the righteous are you know ordained by the lord and I don't understand it all with how all of it works with our free will and you know God's sovereignty <laughs> but but we know we know that he's faithful we know that he's good and like you said from Romans 8 28 we know that he's working all things together for our good and so even when we don't understand and even when we don't feel it um, we have to rely on what we know is the truth you know and I think that when we do that, in a sense, we're sort of freeing up God's hands to, to do things that he would not have been able to do otherwise. Go figure. God works through people. Yeah, if we were know? operating in our free will and in our selfish ways and not open and available for him to use us, then... Right. Right. I mean, right. it just feels powerful just sitting here having this <laughs> conversation with, <laughs> with yeah. you. Yeah, it's, it. I mean, I think there's so much that the Lord wants to do in us and through us. And I have to keep reminding myself that too, because there's always going to be new challenges, you know. But, um, yeah, I and mean, it's an exciting, it's an exciting thing. I think that the Lord is just, what does it say in uh, one of the Chronicles about, you know, the eyes of the Lord roam over the face of the earth they roam to and fro seeing whose heart is toward him that he might support them you know he's looking for people that are saying i want you i want you more than in word but indeed because you know it's one thing to sing the songs you know we have great songs out there now whether it's the old hymns that are amazing or um you can't make those lyrics up without going through fire a lot of those songs it is well and oh so many but and then we have great contemporary songs too. And, and it's a charge being in the presence of other believers, you know, worshiping and singing these songs and they're great. And then the rug gets pulled out. And what do we believe? You know, now what do we do? But I think that, um, I think that we don't really, I don't wanna say we don't really know what we believe. But I think that there's this amalgamation that takes place when we're in a cauldron yes. of testing, when we're in a cauldron of, 
of discomfort. We're in a cauldron of a trial, um, not of our, well, though sometimes they're of our own, our own doing, you know, we mess up. And sometimes it just happens, like in my situation with this. But it's in those places, in that place of intense heat, where we say we have to make a decision this is what I believe. I know this. The Bible says this and this about God. I'm going to choose to really throw myself on that. I'm going to trust that that word, that promise. And, and hold on. And hold on. And therein lies our peace. Therein, that's our peace. When we hold on to the promises of God, when we trust them, like we're like we're hanging off of a cliff and, and, and we're holding on a rope, but the rope is the promise of God. And if we can hang on to that, we will be brought to safe to safety, um, and even if we fall and we still have faith, you know, I mean, we reach out. God is going to be there for us, but it's it's that holding on that we can say, okay, this is killing me right now. This is this is hurting me, or I don't understand this, but I know my God. Fill in the blank. I know my God is this. I know my I know my God is going to get me through because He's the Deliverer. I know I can trust Him because He's the Rock. I know I can trust him. And that's where the peace flows. The peace comes. We can have peace in the pain and all that. If if we trust, but we can know and not trust. Because we can still be leaning on our own understanding. So we have to know the promise, but we gotta really put our trust in it, like a child. And that's hard. That's <laughs> it's the same thing can be very, very hard. <laughs> very hard. Especially when you're like me, when you overanalyze everything to death anyway. Yes. Overanalyze, but then I can also rationalize over or yeah. under anything. <laughs> it's called the the Olympics for the me mental gymnastics. <laughs> I'm a gold medalist, <laughs> and I don't want to be. So let me ask you this: So if you were contacted, or if you were talking to a mom right now, because as right. you, as you've seen in the news, there are a lot of mothers, whether it's through interactions with the police, whether it's through neighborhood crime, right. whether it's through family disturbance right. and family dysfunction, because the two young ladies in Texas whom their mom took their lives and then turned and took her own life. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's unimaginable. Yeah. And to know that just the dad is, is left. How do you put your arms around that remaining relative, and what would you say? Sorry for moving this. It's just getting a little hot on my lap. Well, I ran a bereaf group. That was another thing I did after this. I ran a bereavement group for almost 10 years. What I've learned is, and what because also of what I've been through, is that in the beginning, when people are, when it's really acute for those months in the beginning, I don't say a whole lot. I be there for people. I, like you said, you wrap your arm around them, you cry with them, you sit with them, you get busy serving them and seeing what they need. Um, you pray for them. I actually don't say a whole lot in the beginning. Um, if they start coming to my group, my, my bereavement group, you know, after some months or something, mm -hmm. Now maybe they can hear something because when you're in so much pain, it's like you've just you, you, you're just hemorrhaging all over the place. You just need, you need first aid. You know, it's not time really for counsel yet. Um, 
if they're a believer, though, um, I will remind them of God's love. I'm not going to say that their loved one's in a better place because it doesn't help. Right. I'm not going to tell them their loved ones are angels because they're not. Um, but I will pray for them and, and in my and aloud, for, you know, if they'll let me pray out loud for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And in my prayer, I will remind them. Um, I will be thanking God that he's walking through the valley with them, you know, that he doesn't leave or forsake us, that um, he's near to the brokenhearted, the scripture says, and saves those who are crushed in spirit, that Jesus himself was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, that God himself came down and got into the mud with us. So that we could be lifted up to be with him, you know. Um, and sometimes I think that's the greatest comfort for people in the beginning. Is just that they know they're not alone. They're not going through this completely by themselves. And that God does understand, you know. I think as time passes, you know, there are other scriptures that, um, and things about God that we talk about. Um, things about a great reunion in heaven, you know. And how this life really is fleeting. And really uh, realizing that <laughs> after 50, oh my gosh. Yeah. I heard woman's, one woman say she was between estrogen and death. <laughs> and I'm there now. And yeah, it's, it's like life really does go by quickly. But um, so anyway, yeah. In the beginning, there's just a lot of, you just try to comfort that person and just like hold them up. You know, by being there and just trying to love them. You've got so. a very strong spirit and a very strong aura around okay. you and in, in, in talking to you. And it, it's, it's very peaceful uh -huh. and, com and comforting. Good. Um, I, I, don't, I, I, just, I get the feeling there's a lot more that is in store for you and that is to come out of how he's going to use you. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I got my I got my eye on um, my mental eye, my figurative eye, on um, actually putting together like a weekend for women, like a like a weekend retreat for women. Not necessarily that they just lost a child, but that they're in a really dark place, you know. So we've kind of got our eye. Meet a couple of people on trying to put together what that would look like and so forth, you know. Music is really big to me. I'm not a great musician, but I play a little guitar, I play a little piano. But I've been saving songs that I want to use on this, at this conference and, you know, that really minister to the heart and uh, from God's heart. And um, so we'll see. I'm working on another little, there's this book I told you about and I'm working on um, something else just about getting us through grief. Um, but I think there's going to be some more writing for me as well. Um, I had another major event happen after this. Y'all, that interview with Cindy was unlike any other interview I've done thus far. I could just feel what a passionate representative of God that she is. Could you forgive the way she did? Just imagine for a second. If everyone in the world had the ability to forgive the way Cindy did, no retaliation, no bitterness, 
Cindy and I would both like to get your feedback concerning this episode. Leave them in the comment section below and consider joining my email list to get a heads up on what's next at thatanitalive.com. Ebook, book releases, it's where I share the secrets, what's really going down on the inside of That Anita Live over at thatanitalive.com. Be blessed.